Best Friends Finance, because when women talk about money, it's worth a million. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Best Friends Finance. This is Laura Ford, and I'm here with my co-host, Amanda Kessler. We are so thrilled to have you here today with us as we empower women to take control of their financial future by talking about money with friends. When we launched this podcast back in January, we knew that in order to inspire others to make changes, that we had to get real about our personal finances and share them first with all of you. So last week, I got candid and honest and shared an update about how far we've come over the course of the last eight months or so. And it's no surprise, Amanda has made a lot of progress on her journey as well. Amanda, are you ready to share? So Amanda, where are you at? What is what does the last eight months look like for you and Steve? So um, as I mentioned before, where we started was feeling behind in retirement because we are 100% in the market. We don't invest in real estate, at least not at this point in our lives. I'm feeling like I was behind in retirement and also recognizing that we had no emergency cash savings. You know, I was always thinking we have a we have a really big home equity line of credit. So if anything bad happens, we'll just use that. Well, that's just taking on debt. So last September, I opened up an account with E-Trade to start my own solo 401k previously. So I'm self-employed and previously I've always done an SEP, a simplified um, employee pension plan, but it's really for self-employed people. The issue was my limitations with that were 25% of my salary and I don't pay myself a huge salary, you know, for tax purposes. Um, I pay myself a reasonable salary, but not a big salary. So I was limited in what I could do. But what I learned last summer is that self-employed people can actually do what's called a solo 401k and get that kind of amazing pre-tax retirement benefits that you'd get as an employee. So what I did in September was I opened an E-Trade account and I had already saved the 19,000, which was the 401k limits for employees for 2019. Now this year it's 19.5, but I'd already saved the 19,000 and I just immediately put 19,000 in my solo 401k. But the benefit to it was I was able to make an employer match. So I was able to contribute as the, the sole employee of my company. And then I was able to match as the employer, as my own employer. So it allowed me to save way more aggressively for retirement. Um, we even opened up one for my husband as an employee of my company um, because long story short, there was some kind of issue with his company's um, uh, 401k plan where they were going to end up getting money back. So we wanted to be sure every penny that we possibly could save pre-tax, we were. Um, so we even supplemented his with that as an employee of my company. So we did everything we could with um, the 401k and that allowed me to save way more for retirement than I, I have since I left W2 employment, which was great. And how did you figure this out? Oh my gosh, a good accountant. You guys, a good accountant <laughs> is worth his or her weight in gold. Um, we were talking to him last summer. You know, do you have someone, if you have someone who files your taxes, they should do more than just file your taxes. You should be, you know, meeting with them at least annually to look at everything and see where you might be able to make changes. And he looked at my retirement savings and said, why don't you have a solo 401k? And I said, what's a solo 401k? Um, and then, you know, you start learning and it's an amazing tool for um, for sol for self-employed people. Um, so if you are, like I'm self-employed, I'm an, I'm an S-Corp, I'm the sole employee of my S-Corp, I was able to, to start my own 401k and match it as the employer, which was fantastic. So yeah, that made a huge difference on the retirement part. Don't you feel like we're in a business with a lot of women 
had someone told you about this when you first started your career in this, in this, that if some other female would have told you about this, like you would have been on the, you would have been on this path nine years ago, as opposed to learning it just a year ago. Oh my gosh. So now every single person I meet, you know, within, (laughs) within the business that we're both in or anybody who's self-employed, I'm like, Oh, do you have a solo 401k? Exactly. Like, who are you? And I'm like, but no, the benefits are amazing. Because you um, just yeah. want people to learn from your mistakes and you yes. wish that someone would have told you about it. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. just what we were able to do to catch up last month and then projecting that forward, or not, sorry, what we were able to do last year and then so far this year for retirement and projecting that forward, knowing that from here on out, I'm always going to do that. That has completely changed our, the look of our portfolio for retirement, you know, they can tell you, you can, you, if you retire at 65 and you live to be 95, this is how much you'll have. I mean, it's, we've gone from being like 50, 50, we're going to be okay to like 97%. You're going to be just fine. So gosh, that was a big deal for us to, to figure out. So that helped on the retirement piece, which is what I had worried about so much. And, and that is why I continuously not saved in an emergency fund because I was thinking retirement, retirement, retirement. So in that same E-Trade account, I opened a separate uh, high yield savings account. I did that in January and we went from having no money in our high yield savings account when I opened it in January to as of today having 56,000. That's amazing. So in 10 months from last September to now, I had already had the 19,000 for retirement. I saved another 25,000 for retirement on top of that. And then another 56,000 in an emergency fund for a total of um, 81,000 that we've saved since last September. Now that number does not include Steve's retirement savings just because he had always automatically contributed to his 401k. So I didn't see that as something additional that we figured out or done. But if we include that, that's another since last September 17000 in savings for a total of about $98,000. But we're going to just go with eighty one because his retirement savings would have happened regardless. And you know what's interesting, Laura? He actually took a year off in 2017 to be a stay-at-home dad, and we thought it might be longer than a year because my business was going really well. We could live on one income. And oh my gosh, we realized quickly that, you know, we are in the highest earning potential years of our lives and it didn't make sense for either of us to not be working, especially the way that we had spent in past years. We were going to continue that, which we haven't. We've gotten gotten that a lot more under control, but it made no sense for him to give up his income. And the great thing is he had a year off with our children, you know, coaching the volleyball team and having a wonderful experience there. But ultimately, he was able to go back after a year in a new role that he is much happier in, really fulfilled, um, well compensated, and has turned out to be a great fit. So long story short, his retirement savings is automatic and on lockdown because he's back to being a W-2 employee. So the rest of it, figuring out my retirement savings and also saving for that emergency fund is what made a big difference over the last eight months. Now, that sounds crazy. So let me explain a few things. So first of all, you know, we are two high wage earners who probably could have been doing a lot more our whole lives, but we weren't. So we're catching up now. But there were windfalls all over the place. So, you know, sometimes you go years without a win and sometimes you have a bunch happen all at once. And Steve and I both had large bonuses in the first few months of this year. Um, we also got a $9,000 tax return. 
Um, we got $1,000 back from a canceled trip. We got $3,000 back from ca- canceled sleepaway camps for our girls. So 30000 of that was just unexpected windfalls. So really, we did not actually save you know, 56000 into an emergency fund. We literally somehow, Universe Providing, had between bonuses, performance bonuses, tax return, and then canceled things. That was about $30,000. Now, here's the difference between now and any other part of my life that immediately, with every one of those things that came in, it immediately went into the savings account. If that money sat in my checking account for a week, it might be gone. And I know that about myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You would have won it. And you know what's so funny is you just said 81,000 that our numbers are almost identical, but the way that they came in were totally different. Like I sold a car to get the 30,000. You had bonuses and refunds to get your 30,000. And then I had to pay debt. You were able to put in savings, but the amount of money is almost identical to 80,000. Funny. It is funny. We hadn't compared that part of our story yet, but it is. Well, so the other piece of it, so 30,000 was windfalls and then the other 26,000 that we were able to put into um, emergency savings since the first of the year was 100% because of our 90-day no-spend challenge at the Mm -hmm. end of 2019. So since Laura, you and I decided together that we were not going to spend any money on any, any, you know, our needs, sorry, no, only needs, not the wants for the last three months of of 2019, I actually was able to figure out exactly what our lifestyle costs and come up with a number that like really to pay just all of our bills, groceries, like the necessities in life, this is how much we have to have a month. And I didn't stick to that because I wasn't going to stay on a no spend for forever. But you know, giving some wiggle room to that came up with a, a monthly budget number that I knew we could totally live with. And was I was not going to go beyond that. And then with COVID-19, totally derailing um, a lot of our ability to spend money because we're not eating out. We weren't doing a lot of things we otherwise would have been doing. We ended up for three months for March, April, and May coming in almost $3,000 under my monthly necessity number wow. because we weren't doing much of anything. So that also recognizing like we have saved money and immediately moving. I mean, that's the key for me is immediately moving it into savings. That was a huge help. Well, that goes back to paying yourself first, which you hear over and over again, but you don't really, until you start with something like this, you don't even really know what that means. And now that's the very first thing I do is take care of the accounts where I know I'm contributing every month. First, that happens first before the unexpected vet bill, you know, the, unexpected vet bill, that's going to come out of my grocery budget. Mm-hmm. If that's what I'm down to, we'll we'll eat lettuce. I mean, I'm kidding, but you know, we won't go out to eat or, I mean, I would rather put the money in savings than have the frivolous extra meal out or whatever that looks like. You know, we just have to suck it up. And there's nothing better than actually having savings when you do have the emergency vet bill or whatever, as we've been talking about in the last week. You know, I went from a whole bunch of financial windfalls to, you know, our built-in refrigerator, freezer, the compressor breaking, our roof leaking, my brakes needing to be replaced on my car. And before we knew any of those three things were happening, we already booked landscapers are coming tomorrow to finish our front yard. So we'd already spent that money. So each of those things, those four things was $1,200. 
So just bing, 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 you know, $1,200 expenses out of nowhere, other than the landscaping, which we planned before I would have just been putting all of it on a credit card, all of it on a credit card. And now I, when I can, I still use a credit card, but because I have the emergency savings, I'm just immediately going in, treating it like a debit card and taking it off. And then what you'll do over the next coming months is you'll put that money or replenish the money and put it back in that savings account. Yep. And now that we have that savings account built up, so my goal was six months of savings. And I, I, if I use anything for, you know, replacing the freezer compressor or whatever, it's just to immediately replace it. Like you said, to always keep that minimum number in there. And that just feels so good. Like it just, it's a, it brings a level of security and, you know, just knowing we can financially handle whatever comes our way. I will say the one thing that we haven't accomplished yet, which it sounds like you have that we're working towards and we thought we'd be there by now is being able to live on more of a fixed, like knowing exactly what that is, but there's still just those little things that keep creeping up like, oh, we forgot about our POA dues. Those are due in January, you know, um, I'm sorry, those are due in March. And, you know, all of those little things that have, you know, they've set us back from reaching a goal. And I think it's really important to, you know, know that it's not the end of the world. They're just goals that we've given ourselves. Like there's nothing going to happen if we haven't reached that goal yet, but we are, that's what we're working towards. We're working towards getting to where we can live on this amount of money. And then everything out over that is going straight into savings but we're not there yet. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And you can't, some of that stuff you can't plan for. So the nice thing is what you can do when you're looking at what that number is, like your fixed monthly, this is what we need to, to live on number. You can continue to look at your budget based on your actual monthly normal expenses, and then just save to cover all those things that pop up, like your POA dues for us ski passes every fall. It's like a whoops, ski passes, you know, things like that. That's, that's a Colorado thing. Um, yes. <laughs> but, you know, when you have a separate savings account for those emergencies or, you know, little, you know, unexpected or not regular expenses, it won't be painful. Totally agree. And, you know, you just... If you know better, you got to do better. And so taking those baby steps. Well, Laura, I want to say cheers to us for our our mutual $81,000 that we accomplished. That was pretty incredible. It is really incredible. And you know, it's so funny because I started off this conversation by saying that I just, I didn't know that it, like, I felt like maybe we weren't making a big enough impact, but it's huge. That's why it's so important to reflect and celebrate your wins. This conversation was worth a million. To wrap us up, I'm going to recap three things that Steve and I have really focused on over the past year or more, probably a few years now, as we've really done what we can to take control of our financial future and our financial picture. So first of all, retirement savings. If you, like Steve, are a W-2 employee, you can automate your retirement savings so easily as of 2020, you can put $19,500 pre-tax into your retirement savings, and your employer might match that. If your employer does match that, that's even better. So I know not everyone can do that $19,500. If you can, do it. If you can't, do at least what your employer matches, or if even if there's no match, at least what you're able to do to make a dent in your retirement savings, as that pre-tax retirement savings is an unbelievable benefit as that money's going to grow and grow. And 
then you're going to be taxed on that money on your income tax rate at retirement. And at that point, well, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. The tax savings are huge, and this will set you up for retirement. Now, if you're self-employed and you've not formed a business entity and you're just claiming your business expenses on the Schedule C of your personal taxes, talk to your tax professional about your options. W-2 employees pay 7.65% of their income in FICA taxes, which is Social Security tax and Medicare tax, and then their employer also does 7.65% for them. However, if you are self-employed, you are actually paying both sides of FICA. That's called self-employment tax, meaning you're paying 15.3% of your earnings for Social Security and Medicare. That is a huge chunk. What I discovered through working with my accountant, if you form a business entity and pay yourself a reasonable salary for what you do, and don't worry, your accountant will help you figure out what that is, you're going to pay both sides of FICA on that salary, but the remainder of your profits will pass through to your personal income tax rate, which is going to be way lower than the self-employment tax rate. So guys, I am not an expert, but your tax professional is, and they can help you with this. And if you go to talk to them about, hey, I'm a small business owner and I'm paying a ton in self-employment taxes and what can we do, and they aren't helpful, talk to someone else. You guys, you aren't locked into who you've started working with just because you have a built a relationship. This is too important to work with someone who does not have your back on these issues. I will tell you, I am on my fourth accountant. It took me four accountants to find the one who truly understood my business, my income, and the best way to set us up to minimize our tax liability and maximize our ability to save. So talk to other successful small business owners about what they're doing. And if you hear someone who appears to have it on lockdown and they have a tax professional in your area, talk to that person. Referrals mean everything. And actually, I met my accountant through someone who also works within my business who had done very well. That's retirement savings. Number two is emergency fund. Don't be overwhelmed if you don't have an emergency fund. Like we've heard over and over from guests on our podcast, start with $1,000 in case you have what happened to me, a compressor girl go out on your freezer or the need for new brakes or a hole in your roof. It's just the ability to cover an expense that might fall in your lap unexpectedly. Then once you have that $1,000, diligently put something away every month until you build up to three to six months. That comfort of having that cushion in case of emergency is invaluable. We decided on six months because we were way more comfortable being on the higher side as I work on commission, meaning my income is lumpy. It's bigger some months and smaller the next. It's not the same month over month. So look at how you're paid and see what would make you comfortable in your emergency fund. Set that goal and go for it. And then third and finally, decide on a savings rate. I mentioned this in a previous episode. Savings rate is not a term I'd ever even heard until maybe three years ago when talking to friends about what their desired savings rate was. Conventional wisdom is that if you save about 15% of your income, you should be okay for retirement. But you can make changes to reach your goals a lot faster and build that sense of security and save for other things, whether it be a remodel, a vacation, college for your children, or even to retire early, you can move that up. So Steve and I, for instance, started dreaming about a 40% savings rate. That is pretty aggressive, but we have reached about 35%. And I will tell you, changing from 15% to 35% is making a huge difference in our financial picture. So look at your complete picture and see what would be reasonable for your family to continue to enjoy today 
but prepare better for tomorrow by determining a more aggressive savings rate and sticking to it. If you enjoyed this podcast, we hope that you share with your mom, your sister, your daughters, your best friends, anyone who would benefit from talking about money with friends. And join us on social media. We're at Best Friends Finance on Facebook. We're at Best Friends Finance on Instagram. And finally, we have a website, bestfriendsfinance.com, where you can subscribe to get the latest from the best friends in your inbox every week. Thanks so much for sticking with us today to hear the update on my money story. I was really candid and maybe a little over the top candid because when women talk about money, we know it's worth a million. See you next time.